Welcome to the Creative Land Podcast Network. Join us as we share our favorite RPGs, one-shot games, tabletop games, reviews of items, and convention panels, and other exciting things that we run into from time to time. Sit back and enjoy the show. Hi, this is Kelly, a.k.a. Trixie from Ragnarok and Roll, a sign to Ragnarok story, and Tilda Wimblewick from D&D Journey of the 5th Edition. First off, I would just like to say thank you to everyone for listening to our varied adventures, as well as for rating us on iTunes and RPGpodcast.com. If you haven't rated us yet, we would greatly appreciate it if you could. And if you're looking for more ways to support our efforts, we are now on Patreon, a great site where you can help us continue making more podcasts, as well as some special surprises for our patrons. If you can, please look us up at www.patreon.com slash cppn. Every little bit helps. And again, thank you for listening. So I guess we're going to get started. Um, we might have another panelist. We might not. I have no idea. So join us. We'll see. Great. Um, so I'm James Sabata. I'm very prepared. As you see, I brought my books and my name thing. Um, <laughs> that's positive. But I'm staying positive about it. You know, that's what matters. So, um, so again, I'm James Sabata. I'm a horror author, screenwriter. Uh, I have a podcast that we, we basically analyze horror films as social commentary. Uh, how films in the genre reflect societal concerns at the time that they're made, as well as today. Um, outside of that, I'm just insane, and I'm here. So that's the plus, and that's positive. So, <laughs> You're well um, qualified. <laughs> I am Melanie Lenard. Um, I've been, uh, you know, I'm kind of not, I haven't written many books. I've written a couple of books on climate change. One of them was really more of a compilation of essays, and the other one was a very, you know, nonfiction book. And only it, it's only um, in the last few years I've been really getting into writing fiction and just enjoying it. And I've been coming here since about 2015, and just you know, I actually realized the other day I thought I was going to make a switch, but I realized I'm still going to be doing both fiction and nonfiction. But you know, this is a lot more fun. I mean, I admit. And, uh, but you know, definitely I, I was attracted to this panel because, you know, it's definitely a struggle and a struggle that I've gone through in both genres, you know, just trying to get something. I have finished a novel uh, in, uh, in you know, sci fi, basically. Or I don't know, you know, people are saying maybe it's speculative fiction because it's not, it's still on Earth, but it's in the future, you know. But anyway. Um, so one caveat before I begin, um, a lot of what I have to say about how I stay positive during this is, is like, it's privilege. Like I got to work from home. So I suddenly gained two and a half hours a day, you know, or like I got a lot more time with my six year old or things like that. Um, so if it doesn't apply to you, I'm sorry that, that, that it might not always line up with your life as well. Uh, I don't mean any disrespect to anybody that's an essential worker or anything else like that. When I say these are the positives, I mean, for me personally, this is what has happened. Outside of that, I've spent 20 years working in behavioral health. And I am very, well, I suffer from depression and anxiety and a multitude of other things myself. Um, so that'll probably come in here as well because 
some of my positivity is actually from the negativity I experienced as well because I've learned a lot about myself. I've learned how to cope with some things in different ways, things like that. So mine might be a little weird. I don't know, but we'll find out. Um, yeah. Uh, do you want to start? Or you yeah, want to... I could. I'll start with something is uh, because I think some of you could probably relate to this. So you know, I actually, I when I wrote my uh, major nonfiction book, I had been really, really. Uh, I had the idea early on. In like probably 1989, I was like, "Oh, I want to do a, I want to do climate change from a Gaian perspective, like the Earth as a living system, and how." And I know that you know climate has been different in the past, so I want to explore that. So I had that idea, but didn't really have a way to do it. And then I started working as I was an environmental reporter at the San Juan Star in Puerto Rico. Uh, it's earlier. Uh, transition and very busy, very distracted, and then our newspaper got sold. And you know, at first it seemed okay, and then it didn't seem okay. And I was like, eh, maybe this is a good time to go back to grad school, right? So I just thought I'll go work, get more details on my book. So I was real excited about that. Spent seven years getting a PhD because you know I thought I needed that, and then. Finally, you know, then I was actually ended up working for the climate assessment for the Southwest for a while. So you see how this, you know, all like spun out of control and I ended up doing all this other stuff, which wasn't bad. It certainly helped get my perspective. But as we all know, as writers, you know, if you're not doing it, it's just something's missing in your life. And so, so anyway, finally, I did get a book contract. I was working partly, I think, my work with Cleanness was helping, but so I get this book contract finally, and I, okay, I got a year to write my book. And I started getting all depressed. I'm like, oh my God, this is too much, you know. And, and so finally, after a couple of weeks of freaking out, I realized, look, this is the goal you've been going for, for you know, 10, 15 years now. And, and you're finally getting there and now you're going to be depressed. Something's wrong with this picture and you have to figure out how to do it. So what I did then was um, started doing uh, yoga regularly, yoga and meditation. I, I had had to really do that. And, um, you know, I also found, well, I, I personally found, and I'm curious, you know, I hope this can be very interactive. Yes, please. Yeah. But I, I personally found I had to write a lot about, I had to go back and deal with my ghosts and my like family problems and stuff. I was, it was frustrating to have to spend so much time on that, but it just, I found I couldn't really move forward so much. So, uh, so those were some of the things that really helped me get through and I did get it done and, you know, and actually enjoyed the process. Like, um, sorry, I forgot your name. James. James. You know, I was lucky in that I had just decided I'm taking this year off to write it because of all this. And I could see how easily I get, you know, oh, I have to do this talk for a climate group. I could put all my time on that. Or, you know, so um, so I did take that time. And that's why I had the time and space to be in my head to write the book and many other things, too. But, you know, it just, I, I think some of it, I, so I couldn't, couldn't really, I, I'd have to recommend that kind of thing just to you know yoga and meditation has been essential to me i mean i'm curious how how other people get through is that something a lot of other people are doing too or i haven't gone that route but one of the things that i found helpful was when i i ran into um, issues where i was very very frustrated 
uh, and basically impressed about how my her novel was going, was to just take some time to sit down and write about what was, what were my concerns, what were my problems, and what kinds of things could I use to kind of step through getting past that, to, to have, give myself a, 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 a an understanding of what was, was driving the issue and then what I could do to, to move myself forward through it. I think that is so key. When these things are all just sitting there and they're just like, oh, something's wrong, but I don't know what, and it just feels uh, overwhelming. You know, I, I like that you said, write it down, because mm-hmm. you get told that a lot. But how you follow it up with like how to move through it, you don't get told to do that. You just get told to write it down. You're like, now what? Now so you're I'm really glad you followed through with like, how can we take steps to get through this obstacle? Yeah. yeah. Just the nature of my, my personality, mm-hmm. and that's, that's what I would approach it. People, huh? people don't always know that that's obvious. Mm-hmm. So the fact that it was said, I think is very helpful. It was a game plan. Out. Yeah, and, and even if those steps don't turn out to be the right ones, or even ones you, you actually use, just having the feeling that you have an approach, that you have a plan, is is a way to start the process. And then if it changes, just like uh, the, the book, you know, the, the novel changed fairly significantly in some, some ways, that's okay, that's part of that process too. I'm so sorry. Can you repeat the what you did in terms of steps when it came to writing again, please? Sure. Um, well, at the time, you know, and I still do a lot of. I, I don't do as much yoga as I was doing then. I will say. I. I. And this actually, here's something I'll share. If anybody's interested in trying that, I connected with the group, the Yoga Connection here in town, and they let me. I was very broke because, like I said, I had taken this time to write. Right. So. They let me do an exchange, so I was able to, you know, I'd work, I forget how many hours there, maybe six or something a week, and then I'd get to take some classes. So that really got me through. And meditation, actually now what I've been doing more is walking, you know, so maybe that's more accessible. And I, I actually find I only do probably about 20 minutes of yoga, maybe, maybe I'll do like 30 minutes or so of meditation a day or sometimes longer. Uh, but, you know, that's tempting to just get stuck in that because it's just, oh, you're sitting there and just like, ah, oh, okay, I'm feeling good, you know. And um, and the other thing was journaling. Just, I oh, you know, what I would highly recommend is uh, Julia Cameron's book, The Artist Way. Or she's got a lot of iterations of this, but basically one of the things it boils down to is she recommends these morning pages, she calls them, where you just sit down and write three pages of just whatever comes to your head and a lot of times it's like what's the problem here you I find myself on some days that I'm feeling anxious and I'm writing it it almost turns into a to-do list you know but it's like this way it gets it out of the top of your head where it's sitting there preventing your story from getting through and now you can look at it kind of like what Ross was saying and Russ, Ross, Ross. Yeah. so you know just where you can now look at it and go oh yeah, that is an issue, and I will find that sometimes, you know, things um, will resolve themselves. I'll see ways they can resolve, and oh wait, I can do this, you know. So those those have all become uh, really important. Now, I'm trying to walk partly for health, but it just really helps my mental health so much. And I have found that 
there was actually a time when I was I was living in China for about a year on a science research project, but I was like the only person who spoke English for miles around except for the one colleague I worked with, and I was getting very isolated and starting to get really depressed. And uh, and then I mean you know from a, a situational depression kind of thing. And then I realized oh I can start. There was actually a nearby mountain that went up to a monastery, you know. So I realized start doing that. So I started walking up the mountain and got, you know, I said first I didn't go all the way up, then I started going up a lot. And it just made a huge difference. I don't know, for some reason walking is amazing. So I know a lot of writers that I read about writing, you know, the, in fact, Julia Cameron is another one. She's the one who had talked about the morning pages, but she also talks about um, just walking, you know. Now I'm trying to get in 10,000 steps a day, they say, for your health, because they got some cholesterol issues. And that takes me two hours. I'm like, boy, how do people have time to do this if it's not part of your job, you know? So, I mean, luckily I've got an easier lifestyle than I've had for the most of the last, you know, 40 years. I think the morning page just really plays into something that's been big for me. Um, I've been writing most of my life, but I never really had a set schedule. And I've always been more of a night owl. So it became, when does everyone else go to bed so that I can write? And during the pandemic, at some point I went, why don't I just write in the morning and then I'm done? And then I don't worry about it all day long going, I have to get these pages done, I have to do this. And these things happen and then I'm like, I'm not gonna get to write tonight. And when I started writing first thing in the morning, I literally, like, I don't even go see my wife and child in the morning, I start writing. And like, as soon as I'm up, that, that's where I go. And it's just become like, like it's been so helpful because once you're used to, I'm gonna sit down. My goal is 300 words. I don't know if you know this, but it's really easy to write 300 words. And what happens with 300 words is I have never only written 300 words. I've written, my lowest I think was like 470, which is still way more than 300. And it automatically feels like this huge success every single day. I knocked off this thing I have to do, and I did more than I set out to do. And that shift right there changed my life, really. Like, it's, I've been right, just cranking out way more. Yes? Um, as a trained night owl, how do you switch your brain to function right when you woke up to oh, write? That is really easy. So what I did is my wife and I have a child, and the child didn't care when I want to be awake. <laughs> no, uh, my honest answer to you is I don't I don't know. Like I I'm still up till like till two in the morning, you know. But like I'm getting up at like seven. There's days I go to bed at ten, you know. Like that part shifts now, but I'm always up at the same time. So kind and of so, practice. Yeah, basically, I think I just reset myself by forcing myself, because it doesn't matter when I wake up. If I woke up at one in the afternoon, I still have to go write first. So like that's, I think that's the key. It's telling my brain, you're awake, you have to get this done. So I don't think it even matters if you're a night owl. If you're waking up at noon, if you did that, I think you would progressively start getting up a little earlier. I, I don't know for sure. That's what happened to me. Um, Which but, is yeah. what I asked. <laughs> yeah. and, 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 but that's the thing. Like, I'm writing way more now. I'm accomplishing more. And the weirdest part that happened is I suddenly have way more time to read 
I edit other authors' stuff, and I script doctor. And I suddenly have way more time for that. And yes, part of it is I no longer have this huge commute. But a lot of it is also I don't have this cloud hanging over me that I have to do this at some point. How long have you been practicing that? About a year. Yes. Uh, I'm not a writer. Uh, I suck at writing, actually. We all do. I, and I That's why we have editors. Yeah, <laughs> I also struggle with ADHD a lot, so I've been told to start writing. I don't know how to start writing. Like, I don't know what I'm supposed to write about when it comes to my emotions or anything, because there's just so much right there. So I have no idea what the first word would be. Do you have any, like, advice? The, the first thing I want to ask you is, what are you doing at 7 o'clock? Because I have this panel called Terrible Things. Oh, we'll be there. We're going to talk about that a lot. Um, but the short answer for everyone who's not coming to that panel is you have to write crap to write good stuff. It's just that simple. It's like anything. Nobody was born a brain surgeon. They, they had to fuck it up to get there. I think it's like when you go to the supermarket and it's don't, like 50 billion jellies. <laughs> and you're like, I don't know which jelly to pick. There's 50 billion. I think that's how yeah. it feels. The analysis paralysis. <laughs> you know, I'd like to share something from Julia Cameron's book that helps me too, is what she would start with. She would just say, look around and write where you're at. Like you're, oh, here I am at a writer's conference and they're blathering on and I just, you know, I'm hungry right now, but, you know, I'm trying to pay attention. <clears throat> Oh, they did say something interesting here, or you know, this makes me think of what that did. You know, I just I, I think she often sets an atmosphere of just like, oh, I'm you know looking out at the mountains and the clouds, and That's that a good can be a nice way to start. Yeah, or and props can be another one if you're trying to write fiction. I my friend and I just uh, last week we did this uh, we did some prompts, just like 15 minute bursts of writing. We decided we're going to do and. Um, you know, we did three of them, and like James said, you know, two of them were kind of crap, but one of them would kind of just turned out like, oh, you know, we just, it, it happened to be a prompt that worked, and it just blended, and, you know, it's like, hey, this isn't bad, you know, for, I don't know, flash fiction. I never thought, I, I mean, that wasn't a goal of mine to write flash fiction, but I'm like, oh, maybe I could submit this. Picking up on, on what you said at the beginning there, there was a writer who was a presenter here in the Pure Writers Conference was happening at it. Pima Community College West. Oh, I loved that conference. Yes, that was a terrific conference. Um, He was talking about, you know, how do you overcome writer's block? And it was a very similar technique. You just start writing about what's around you with with no concept, no concerns about the quality or whether you're going to use it for anything. I am sitting in my room. The walls are light brown. The curtains are open. And what that would do is it would slowly unlock whatever it was you were trying to get to and without you even realizing it now you're starting to write about whatever it is you want to write about you know linda addison our poet laureate here she was saying i remember this was last year i think but she was saying how she uh, will just all her stuff tends to come from journals she'll just write in her journals and i think it's really important that we we expect that no one's going to see our journal but us, you know. So that's part of the key to writing too, is to feel like no one's going to see this unless I decide to show it to them. And then you can. Th- I think that's where a lot of writer's block comes from, is when you think someone's looking over your shoulder. It's just for you. Who cares? You already know what you're thinking, right? <laughs> and on that note, 
I think one of the things, I know this is turning into a writing panel instead, but um, <laughs> what, I, what I think is really important to remember is when you grab a book and you're like, oh man, I can never write like Stephen Graham Jones, right? Like, oh, he's so amazing. Stephen Graham Jones hates his first drafts. He just does. And then his editor hits it and sends it back. And then Stephen has to rewrite it. And then his editor hits it and sends it back. And the shit that you're holding in your hand, A, still not perfect. You will find typos. You will find things that are wrong. And I guarantee you that Stephen King or whoever you look up to looks back at books and goes, why the hell did I do that? (laughs) And when we're starting out or we're at whatever point in our career and we're comparing our first draft to a finished project product, you're automatically setting yourself up for failure. That's a really good point. So, you want positivity? Your positivity is Stephen King sat where you're sitting. Stephen Graham Jones sat where you're sitting. Josh Mallerman's bird box was worse than whatever you're writing at one point. Ernest Hemingway said all first drafts are shit. That's why they're first drafts. It's a vomit draft. Get it out of you so that you can clean it up. And Lamont says, uh, give yourself permission to write a shitty first draft. Yeah. You know, that's to me, great. that's uh, uh, liberation theology for writers. Absolutely. Yeah. One other thing I'd say, if um, you might need to just get to writing. Sometimes you just need to step away, like go do the dishes or whatever you need to do. Or sometimes you need to just get out a pen and pencil and do it. Because I know, I don't even have ADHD, but I'm on the computer. I'm like, could be doing this, whereas if you have a pen and pencil and nothing else, well, you pick up your phone and dictate if that, like you're driving or something, and something comes to you. Microsoft Word's dictate is actually pretty decent, and and I have found that I can literally just like sit back in my chair. I have a a big mic because I have a podcast, right? So I might thing here, and I will do this, and I will just randomly talk about whatever I want to write, and I'll be like. I want him to do this, and I want him to do this, and, and this kind of thing, and then I just piece it back together later, and that's been really helpful. And I literally started that like two weeks ago, and it's been amazing. Um, but here's my two rules for writing. You ready for this? They're really easy. One, ass in chair. Guess what? If you're not at your desk, you're not writing, or wherever you write. But if you're not in that spot, you're not writing. My second one, this seems overly obvious, but I bet if you ask any author here, we violate this constantly. Open the document. (laughs) I cannot tell you how many days I've been like, oh man, I'm thinking about this thing, and and I'm on Twitter, um, playing Animal Crossing, or whatever, right? And guess how many pages I got done, guys? But if I'm sitting they're playing with Twitter or whatever, and the document is open, I go in and I make notes. Is it done? No. But you know what? I don't forget it. So those are my two. Yep. Be in the spot and have the document open. Thinking about writing is not writing. But sometimes you have to think about writing before you write. I plot everything in my head. I write in my head for years before I crank it out on the page. So yeah. I tend to write, I'm more of a pantser where I just start, I, you know what I, well, I'll tell you, writing the novel that I've got now, I was writing it for years and little bits and pieces, and then I, I think it, I think it was 
the pandemic, you know, when things slowed down like that. And I had read Stephen King's on writing. He recommends a thousand words at a minimum a day. You know, that's just his recommendation. Uh, so that's I like your I like your idea though. Um, three hundred, you can yell. Are you not entertained every single time? <laughs> uh, but you know, he he actually usually does two thousand words a day, which to me. The concept that Stephen King is doing his output on 2,000 words a day kind of blew my mind and made the 1,000 words a day seem like, okay, and now, you know, I have been a journalist for many years, so that actually, it's harder for me to write short than long, to be honest, <laughs> but not because not of journalism, but that's just how I am, but, you know, so I, I actually started doing that, I, I started doing that 1,000 words a day, and I started really cranking through the novel, and honestly, that's when it started getting better, and that's when. And then I just then I'm always coming across later in the day. You know, I, I mean, I I haven't always been doing it in the morning, but I think that is a good idea because it does weigh on you. I when I was doing it in the morning, I think it worked the best. And so you know, I was compared to exercise, and as you can see, Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> well, that is the challenge because you can't do. I've got dogs to yep. walk. Meditation and yoga and writing all competing for that one hour of good weather in the summer, right? <laughs> <laughs> but no, I, I view it the same way because when I do do better with exercise and stuff, I do it first thing in the morning. The rest of the day, I go, well, I worked out for an hour this morning. I can't do that. <laughs> and, and this works the same way for me. It's, but, but it's not that same kind of thing. But what happens with my 300 is if I don't do it in the morning because something comes up, all day long, I can be like, you didn't write 300 words? Come on, man. That's so easy. That's a paragraph if you want, you know? like, And, and that little bit has really, really helped me as well. Um, so to get back to positivity, what this all has done is I automatically start my day with a success if I do these 300 words. And that will build the rest of your day. If you do this one success, you start, you just, you have a different mindset. Like the things that normally annoy me and piss me off or whatever else, I'm automatically in a slightly better mood. I'm not saying everything's rosy, but I don't wake up like, where's my Red Bull? You're all going to die. You know, it's like, <laughs> but it just, it just makes this little tweak in my day that's added so much positivity. Uh, one of the things I really wanted to talk about also is my podcast. That's not just to make you go download it, although you should. Um, so we have the Necronama.com, and we, like I said, we talk social commentary and horror. When the pandemic hit, I was suddenly able to talk to all these authors, directors, writers that I didn't have access to before because they were all at home going, what do I do? And the two things that did, number one, we have a way better show because I learned so much from every one of these conversations. And I also learned that, I don't know, say Brea Grant has the same problems I have with writing, right? Or uh, Alan Baxter, who I consider an amazing author, he's like, he's telling me like, oh yeah, I stared at a blank screen for 35 minutes. And I was like, oh my gosh, you know? Uh, right? But uh, no, it, it really humanized that part of writing. But the added effect is the overall pandemic had an amazing effect on me because I have suffered with depression and anxiety and social issues and whatever else. I can be 
the most on person in the world in here, and I can walk out of here going, every fucking person hated that panel. Oh. You're a piece of shit, you know? And and the pandemic gave everyone else these feelings that they didn't understand. They were suddenly alone, and they were suddenly isolated. And I'm not saying this in a vindictive, ha, 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 you have to feel it, because I don't want anyone to feel it. But it leveled everything. And suddenly people understood. And suddenly people went, holy shit, you live with that all the time? And like I said, that sounds negative, but what a huge release that was for me. I'm not alone. I'm physically in this room alone, but Brian back there feels it, or whoever. I can pick on Brian because I do all the time. But, uh, you know, like, I was suddenly able to see my friends who, in my head, their lives are perfect, which of course they're not, right? But I was finally able to see how it's affecting them. And I got to see, this isn't just me. And I'm like watching the news and people are talking about things I feel all the time. And it was such a weirdly positive feeling while also like making me sad that everyone was feeling it, you know? But like, there was still something so good with it, so. You know, one of the things too about keeping positivity you know, I'm going to share something, and then I'd be curious from your sure. behavioral background what you're thinking. But I know, like, the, like those voices in your head. I mean, just trying to keep them at bay. Um, it, it just, you know, I, I've gotten a little. I mean, the walking really helps. I will say, but also just even if I start to hear like, oh, you're not going to be, or you can't do that. I mean, you know, like I know one of the struggles I had with writing my book on climate change. Just like, oh, I mean, even though I had done all these studies, right, I did all my homework, had the PhD, but I'm still like, oh, who are you to write this? You know, it would honestly, I'd have to spend an hour or so a day just trying to get myself, you know, boost myself up just to be able to do it, you know? So now I'm a little, age is a wonderful thing in many ways where you just start to be like, ah, I don't care. <laughs> and, uh, so, or just, you know, you're just not as hard on yourself, maybe, if things go right. And um, so now that I'm getting to 60 here, I'm kind of like, well, I'm, you know, I'm, I, this this idea, this thought starts coming in, and I'm just like, no, no, I don't, I, I'm not going to listen, and I'll just, like, try to focus on something else. So, you know, I wonder, I mean, I think that's just, I, I think that is generally a like from someone who worked in behavioral health, I wonder what your thoughts are. I mean, it's, it's kind of all over the place. Um, yeah, I do think that there's something to be said for getting older, like, and how you you get to a point where you're like, I don't care about that. You don't like that I cut my own hair? I don't care. You know, whatever it is. Um, I, I literally had a conversation with my wife. I was like, I'm going to wear pajama pants to the panel. And she's like, no, you're not. And, and I was like, I wear pajama pants all the time. It's like the best part of COVID is that I wore pajama pants for like two years straight. And I'm wearing jeans, so you can tell who won. But my point is, my point is, like, overall, like, you, you just start hitting these points where you care less about these things. And you question, why is this a thing? And I think that COVID actually sped that up for me. Like, why are we working in offices eight hours a day if we don't have to? There's jobs you have to. You have to be there. I'm a grant writer. 
I don't need to be anywhere. Uh, if anything, I'm going to do better work being alone in my house than I will if you let me hang out with my friends all day because I'm going to keep walking to their offices and I'm going to get nothing done. Yeah. So, um, but even like uh, so much can be done on Zoom or Skype or whatever now and these different things. And I think that that has just really made people hit this point you're talking about where we care less about these things that have always been a rule and nobody knows why and uh, I'm fascinated by that um, to answer what you were saying with like behavioral health and stuff I mean everything is so individualized that it's really hard to answer that um, but I feel like uh, one of the best things about behavioral health to me has been that people who are very open with their mental illness or other issues accept others who have these things. And, and like I was saying with the pandemic putting us all on this levelizing thing, I don't think it worked overall. I watched the news, all right? Um, but I, I feel like a lot of people are more open to starting to understand mental illness. And I think that's huge. So I don't know that I answered your question, but hopefully it's in there. Well, somewhere. I'm just thinking that I think sometimes it, you know, maybe this doesn't work with mental illness. This, I mean, from what I understand, it, it might not work because, as people say, depression, what you've had is probably not depression. It's just something like, that's why I specified situational depression. I mean, it feels yeah, like sure. depression to me, mm -hmm. but, you know, it's not, you know, so, so I, but... So maybe this wouldn't work necessarily for everyone, but just just kind of fending those those things off that are negative before they can even root in, and then we come right back to just sitting down and doing the writing, regardless. I mean, that seems to be the key to keep you moving along and you know just feeling good about yourself. And I like I like your idea of three hundred words. Like I did it, you know. Linda Addison talks about just all I want to do is get one word down. Because if I get one word down, I'm going to get another, and yeah. another, and another, and there it comes. Because it keeps you current in your book, too. Like yes. I'm actually in a phase right now where I've been going too long between sessions working on it, and it's not good. And that's where I think, the like, I'm looking back at my first novel. I'm on the second novel now. It's a trilogy or more, but um, series, anyway. But I'm looking back and going, like, oh, you can really tell the yeah. difference. In the novel where I was doing it in piecemeal approach like once I started doing it every day it became much more cohesive you know and then you know you're working on something and you're also you're you, since you're always doing it your mind or whoever is supplying you the information uh, later that afternoon oh I know that could be this you know and so I think it, that is probably one of the best ways that those of us who insist on writing for our lifestyle you know keep ourselves happy so I'm going to twist this in a new direction. Um, one of the things that's been super positive to me, you're all partaking in right now. So um, in the before times, I would do 13 to 15 cons a year. And what happens when you do 13 to 15 cons a year is you kind of go on autopilot. And when you go to a panel, you're like, did I already talk about Get Out? Or was that last week? And I, I felt bad at points because you're constantly all over the place. And then I felt like I wasn't giving attendees what they were coming to my for, right? 
And now you're all here, and everything is fresh. Everything is, oh my god, I get to do a panel, right? This translates to other parts of my life. There was a point last year, and Brian's going to be sad because he didn't get to meet it, where my friend Vince and I rented out the film bar in Phoenix. And we got to bring ten of our friends. We only brought eight. It's more rude like that. (laughs) And uh, I told everybody we were going to watch American Werewolf in London. Okay, great film. So they all came. When they got there, I jokingly said, let's watch Killjoy, which is a crazy clown movie, right? And uh, and they were all excited about it. And you know why they were excited about it? It's not that it was Killjoy. It's that it was the first event that we did where we got to freaking see each other again. And we were all so damn happy to be doing something together. And this has translated multiple times again, because as you guys may know, if you pay attention, this COVID thing keeps doing this. So I've had points where I suddenly don't go anywhere, and I've had points where I can suddenly see friends. And this huge positive thing came from that, where I don't take my friends for granted. And I'm so fucking excited to see them, and I'm so happy to do anything with them, right? And uh, I mean, I, I took a bunch of people to a really crappy movie a couple weeks ago, and we all hated it, and it just made us bond and happy that we all suffered with it together. <laughs> I won't say the name of the others, but I will tell you. <laughs> okay, so anyway, but my point is, we, we could have all watched a, a movie that we didn't like, but we got to do it together. And that's what the pandemic gave me, is it reminded me, don't take people for granted. Be happy that you get to see your mom, or be happy that you get to see. That's weird that I chose that because I don't get along with my mom. But, <laughs> Maybe that's why they say. But my point course. is, like, it, it reinvigorated that love for these things that I was basically taking for granted, whether it's conventions, whether it's that kind of stuff. I was and, just wondering if you guys have any thoughts yes, on series. Like, what gets you so. So, uh,. Something that's always helped me stay positive because I think everybody can relate to slamming into that brick wall, you know, that you just don't see coming, and you're like, oh fuck, I don't know how to even. Like it's just all I see is wall now, you know. Like um, having multiple projects at the same time, so that way when you run into one of those walls, you just pick up one of the other projects and start working on that instead. Um, it just instead of being frustrated and angry that you can't get past this one piece that you know is just like, you know, the linchpin or whatever, you know. Um, like when you can pick them up and put them down, like it just makes it easier to not get stuck, you know. Because I think that's where a lot of people struggle is you get stuck and you don't know how to get unstuck. So. But with too many projects, I get burnt out. Yes. Well, you gotta, you gotta weigh it, you know. I mean, I agree being able to pick but something But I'm also the person that has to be, like, stupid, ridiculously busy all the time, so. I sort of came in late, so I don't know if you covered this, but one of the first things I learned about, like, being a freelancer and, like, working at home, dress yourself. Just put on clothes because it does help. Like, if you're like, oh, I'm just gonna. The morning ritual. Yeah. See, it just zooms up here. So. <laughs> 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 I mean, like, yeah. it, 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 
it has helped my mentality, and I know that there's a lot of writers who are like, oh, I'll just write in my PJs, and then they'll just sit there and dig around on the TV or read a book on their phone or blah, 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 and then the next thing you know, you're, you know, they're whining at you about how they wasted their day. And I'm like, ah. <laughs> um, the other thing that I, I this, this I picked up from a Marine, but like writing is, I think, one of the hardest things that you can ever commit yourself to. So like, first of all, Pat on the back, people. We're amazing. <laughs> but second of all, um, this Marine, he was like, you know, make your bed at the beginning of your day. Like, if you, it's one simple task, but if you, like, succeed, you've started a path of success that does, like, and it's low stakes. Like, it's just, like, the simplest thing you can do. And ever since then, I just made my bed every morning. I'm like, look, I accomplished something in the first 15 minutes of my day. And it just like helps build that confidence for like when you're trying to do the bigger stuff, which is the writing in my mind, just sitting down and writing. Um, one of the things that, that I found, you know, a lot of writers will say, "Oh, I, I don't feel like writing today," and you know, we all have those moments. Yep. I found if I just do what you were saying, put my butt in the chair, put my fingers on the keyboard, and start. By the time I'm done, a thousand words. To thousand words, whatever, later, wow, A, I got something done, yeah, it's probably crappy, but that's fine, it's a first draft, and, and the whole attitude has changed, my whole mental attitude has changed, I'm like, okay, this is working, I'm good. Yep. I, I always compare it to taking a shower, I don't know about the rest of you, but I do this thing where for a half an hour, I'm like, I don't do that, that's too much Work. And then I get in there and I'm like, I'm never coming out again. <laughs> you know? and, uh, and that's exactly how I feel about writing if I don't do it first thing in the morning. I feel like I'm constantly going, oh no, I have to do that. But then once I'm there, I'm like, no, I, I don't want to do a Zoom meeting for work. Tell work I'm busy today. You know, like, so yeah, I, I always come back to that comparison because I think that it works for a lot of people. But, yeah. What else do you guys do to stay positive? Whether it's Momentary or well, that's why we came here. <laughs> <laughs> that's a huge step. I think the physical thing is there's got to be some like you know one thing I did. I, I actually somebody else was talking about that earlier in the day, but I, I oh it was Jennifer. She was our featured author. Ashley. Yeah, Jennifer Ashley. She was talking about how she hit, was in so much pain because from writing so hard and working so hard on the computer, and I was kind of in that situation too. Whether you're a scientist or a writer, um, you're spending a lot of time on your You're an instructor also, you know, at, at, which I've done a lot of time at. You're just on your computer so much, and it's just so painful. And I had gone to, a, you know, this uh, kind of healer, and, and this is like, oh, I don't know. I don't know if I can do this. I might have to give this up because I don't want to live in pain. You know, I'm not in pain if I'm not, if I'm not doing this. So, and... Um, this, I don't know, this might be a little too um, out there for some people, but what he did tell me was he said, well, you know what, you've got this thing going on where it's just like circulating in you, and if you can get your feet in the soil, it will actually really help. And so I, he just had me writing outside, and you know, it actually, I'm really kind of an outdoor person anyway. I hate being inside if I could be outside when it's nice enough, you know? And, um, and it just made a big difference and then allowed me to be a writer and, and a scientist for that matter. But, you know, I was just like, well, I don't know what I'm going to do. So, you know, just the physical, I mean, this, somebody, she was talking about, you know, sitting is 
right up there, they said it's a new smoking for something that can be so bad for your health. I mean, so just getting some kind of physical things in there and giving yourself the breaks while you're doing it. And if you can do it outside, I mean, it, we have, you know, that's a nice thing about being in Tucson is we, even though we don't have, I mean, these summers are hell, as we all know, but there's always some part of the day where you can be outside, you know. And going for a walk is, a, is another piece of that. There's actual research that says green light, and Jim, you've probably seen this, is good for mental health. And, and you know, if you've got trees, I live southeast of here. So my windows, I'm looking out on part of an oak forest. So, yeah, you know, it, it's just right, right there. And, yeah, sitting outside, if you can do that, and writing by hand, if, if you uh, can't take the, the laptop out there for whatever reason. Mm -hmm. That going for a walk that that has been such a big help at times. Uh, about a year ago, I lost an election, and one of the things I did the the, the afternoon after I got that news, just went for a walk, and it it's that and something else just kind of settled a lot of the a lot of the emotions that I was dealing with. Yeah, because it is it's interesting. It's what we are what we really are talking about is mental health because. You know, just to be able to have your mind clear enough to be able to do this work, you know, where you're pulling from. I think that's something that's been very helpful to, for me is is the semen. But uh, more importantly, it's the ability to, while I'm writing, pause and go, does this sound funny to you? Or... And then she'll read it out loud to me, and then she'll go, hold on, I need to edit this. And I'm like, okay, I'm glad I can help. <laughs> Are always the roughest, and you're like, please don't read this, but also I need you to read this. Right. <laughs> <laughs> That's a huge level of trust, and, and the payoff to that is amazing. Um, but that actually leads to another point I wanted to make, which is surround yourself with people who love what you love. I, I don't care if it's writing, I don't care what it is. Um, I mean, maybe if it's murdering people, that's going too far, but maybe not. <laughs> you do you. That's what I'm saying. I have no um Number one, we become who we surround ourselves with. If you surround yourself with people with goals, you are more likely to work on your goals. And if you surround yourself with people who like to just hang out and talk about, remember in high school when we did? No. Like, that, that's what you'll be. You, pretty soon you'll be like, remember the time we sat in a bar and talked about the time that we remember in high school? <laughs> so surround yourself with people who do the things you want to do. Um, I once interviewed Todd McFarlane, who's one of my favorite comic artists of all time. And Todd told me, he goes, the secret to my success is always being the weakest link. Because I know how damn hard I'm working. So if I'm working this damn hard, and if everyone around me is doing more, or a better job, or they're specifically good at this job. It's like, we can't fail, ever. And I mean, that just sticks with me. And it's not like getting somebody to do your work, but like Brian has goals, so we hang out, we talk movies, we talk podcasts, whatever. Um, you know, I'm friends with a ton of authors, so we talk writing, or we talk how to stay positive during writing, or we talk just anything, just like how do you keep writing when you have all this other stuff going on in your life, you know? And having somebody who understands what you're going through, no matter what that thing is, is 
So if you're not already doing it, find somebody who loves what you love. I know my editor, I read for Native Science Report, and he was just saying, you know, he was just like, I, I didn't really, he said he wanted to write a book, and I said, so I was making a comment about it. He goes, you know what? I have never written anything that wasn't on assignment. I don't know if I could do it. So all of us, any of us who are sitting in here and have written things, not sure if it will sell or, you know, I mean, that's just a big step right there that a lot of people can't even do. So again, pat yourself on the back for that, yeah. I think another thing is, if you're serious about writing, you have to treat it like a job. Um, I don't know of any doctor that gets to go, I don't feel like doctoring. Today. <laughs> <laughs> I don't feel like being a nurse. I don't feel like being a truck driver today. I, I mean, you can do that, but you won't be those things for very much longer. Writers, for some reason, think that we have this like free pass. We will walk through life every day convincing everybody, this is a real job. I'm trying to make money at this. I'm trying to do this. And then as soon as we want, we're like, it's not a real thing. It's fine. <laughs> and if you want it to be a hobby, that's a great way to go about it. And if you want to be serious, put in the work. <clears throat> I don't know if any of you have seen the movie Scare Me, but... Uh, one of the authors just keeps yelling at the other one, do the work. <laughs> I literally printed that out and hung it up. And every day that I walk into my writing space, I see do the work. And guess what? That's the only way it gets done. Yes. So the, the previous topic that you just talked yes. about, in terms of like treating it like a job, mm -hmm. uh, what would be the advice or words that you would put together for someone who doesn't know how to do that? That none of us know how to do. Like, <laughs> no, that sounds crazy. I'm not kidding. Ask anyone here. We don't know how to treat it. How to treat it like a job. Well, not, not like how to treat it like a job, but how do, how do you, like, how do I make books? Every single time that I sit down to write a new book, I go, I don't know how to make books. Sure, I accidentally did it last time. And, and my advice to you is literally that same thing. It's that you can't figure it out until you do it. You have to jump in and figure out how to swim. And maybe that's attending writing conferences or cons, or it's literally like just following writing on Twitter, like looking up different hashtags like mwriting and just seeing what people are doing. And the ones who like respond to people, hit them up, ask them questions. The worst they're gonna do is ignore you. But I think it also gets back to what we were saying earlier, the 300 words a day, yeah. just, just making that rule. Yeah, you have to put in that work together. Well, one way that is helpful for some people, me, um, yeah. I was a ghostwriter for two years, so it was my job. Right. I had to do 50,000 words every four weeks or else I did not get paid. It's that simple. And I had to do the steps of the editing. They had their own internal editors, but they came back with notes like they weren't going to fix it for me. So, I mean, like, after you do that for two years, it does feel like a job now. It's like, but not one that I hate. It's the job that I love. Right. Um, and now it's even better because I don't have to listen to them. Now you do so, your own stuff? Yeah, now you do your own stuff. Here's the, the one thing I really want to say. Um, there's a thing that I had to preach constantly when I worked at a rehab, and 
what we would tell people is the things that you hear all the time become reality. So if you're in a domestic violence situation, you keep hearing what a piece of crap you are and how you're worthless and you'll never find somebody better than me. When you hear it all the time, it becomes reality, right? The exact opposite is the same. And the number one person who needs to say it to you is you. So go to your mirror and I don't care how uncomfortable you feel, say, I can do this. And just keep lying to yourself that you can do this <laughs> until you believe it. Because when you do, it's reality. So if you walk around and you go, I'd like to write a book one day, you keep saying that, you're always going to want to write a book one day. Yeah. And if you say to yourself, I can do this, and you start putting in the work and you start believing it, things shift. Like, I can do this, I'm writing a book. One of my pet peeves is when I hear see people on Twitter or whatever and their profile says aspiring writer. Mm. Aspiring writer means you don't have your ass in the chair and the document's not open. Outside of that, you're a writer. Maybe you're not an author, maybe you're not, I'm not bringing in millions, I don't know about you, but maybe you're not Stephen King. Guess what? No one else is. All right, but when you start believing that you can be whoever you're going to be, you make it a reality. Cool. Um, thank all of you for coming. Um, you're welcome. Thank you. I'm sure we could have had a conversation on our own, but I wasn't joking when I said it's a huge step to walk in here. I, I mean it. You thought I can get something from this painting. You thought, I should leave my house and come here. You thought, whatever. You know, like, all of those things are steps. And I, I just invite you to go about your life that way, everybody. Because if everywhere you go, you think you can learn, you can. Also, when you finish your goal, love yourself. Treat yourself. Like, oh my God. Give yes. yourself a high five. Be like, Celebrate look yourself high. in the mirror and be like, you got this because you already did it. And and Celebrate every success. Yep. Yes. Yourself. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, I know. I this is just even thinking about this is just helping me get back on the you know daily you know writing whether it's a thousand words or I, I, I like that idea too. But uh, you know, just something because I think that's just the same aspect too. Talk to myself back in. Thank you for listening to the Creative Play and Podcast Network. And feel free to enjoy our other shows, such as D&D Journey of the Fifth Edition, and Scion, Ragnarok and Roll, a Scion hero to Ragnarok story. Thank you for listening.